Autoimmune encephalitis is a type of brain inflammation where the body's immune system attacks healthy cells and tissues in the brain or spinal cord. It is a rare, complex disease that can cause rapid changes in both physical and mental health. Sarah Cash is the mother of a 14-year-old girl named Jillian Cash, who was recently diagnosed with autoimmune encephalitis. This is their story. So last year, Jillian would have been in eighth grade. Uh, she went into eighth grade uh, brick and mortar, where she had been online learning for a couple years before that. And she was my, she's the friendliest of the friendliest kids that I know. Uh, she does uh, archery. Um, she shoots a compound bow and she loves to walk around with her friends and she's a great teammate. She's a great cheerleader. Uh, we found out eighth grade year that all of a sudden she could sing. Uh, Natalie had always been my singer and Jill said, I think that I'd really like to try out for this musical for, from, for Hendricks County. And I said, okay, sure, let's do that. And so I actually am the one that took her to the, to the, uh, the tryouts and the, uh, the, the guy that is their, um, pianist. He's a, he is actually a pediatric, um, anesthesiologist at Riley. And so Dr. Mike gets up there and, and Jill's standing there with a couple other girls and he says, okay, these are the lines you're going to sing this, this, this. And he said, it sounds like this. And he's playing this happy music and then go. And so all three of the girls start singing and I look and I'm like, Jill can sing. Like <laughs> literally does not, she wasn't singing in the shower, really not singing at home. And I'm like, all right, well that didn't go so bad. So she got casted. So she gets into Matilda and, um, my dad, myself, my husband, we're all like working on scenery and doing fun stuff. And, uh, the first week of the run, the kids got to have their musical. So that's packed house. It's great. And then boom, the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, everything that she had been working for and enjoying, you know, going to rehearsals every night and doing all these things just stopped. She's about, what, 13 or 14? Yeah, she's 14 at this. Yeah, 14. Yeah, 14. So she just turned 15 just, this week. Yeah. So. But, but this was a year ago. So yeah. she had just turned 14 in eighth grade. Yeah. Get, got this role in Matilda, which is great. You had out of the blue, you had no idea that she could sing. No. And then the, the pandemic comes. And yeah. so it kind of throws everything off. Okay. And she was always, uh, you know, going to friends' houses, mm. having social. kids at our house. Oh, yeah. Social. Totally social. Yeah. Nor normal, normal girl stuff. Yeah. So, and she's always been my very, like, do you like this outfit? Uh, I want to go and see what trends are. You know what I mean? Just, just normal 14 year old, sure. you know, girl stuff. So, so yeah, the pandemic hit and uh, like I said, we're trying to navigate at home learning again. And what does that look like? And, um, oh, she was just crushed over the Matilda thing. I mean that she was kind of living for, for that for a while. And so uh, that was just, it was really hard. So we, she does fine. Um, not the best grades I think at the end, but I don't know that anybody was getting good grades just because no one really knew what was going on. Right. Like, yeah. So nothing that really stuck out to Jake and I at that point as, as looking irregular or seeming like she wasn't, her behavior wasn't irregular. No, There's no, no extra sleeping. Nothing at this point. This no. is in March. Yeah. This is year. about March of last okay. year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, she, um, 
I think that, you know, thank God we had FaceTime, which none of us ever had. We used to have to have shared phone times. Do you remember when you were trying to take the phone and go around the corner and yeah. Okay. So they don't have that, right? They have, they have the world at their fingertips, you know, iPads and you know, everything. So at least they could see their friends virtually, but that was about it. Okay. So when, when did you see something that seemed irregular? It's strange that you asked me that because I actually had to think back for a minute. So in June, we did decide to go ahead and go to Florida for our family vacation. And I remembered that all of a sudden her, her menstrual cycles were getting really bad, like to the point that she missed a whole beach day and we go, we go with friends. And so my, my friend even said, you know, is that normal? And I said, no, she's, you know, never had a cycle like that before. And, um, excuse me, just thriving in pain. And so we noticed that progressively July and August, these cycles are like terrible. So um, really my first, our first call was the pediatrician saying like, Hey, um, you know, she's only 14, but you know, is birth control an option? Absolutely. This is not an, an abnormal request. So Jake actually, I'm not, I laugh, but He's not afraid of anything. I say, oh, hey, I need you to go grab tampons. He can, he can do all that. So he took her to the OBGYN and um, they said, you know what? This is, this is pretty typical. Gave her, a, uh, you know, a set of pills. However, she was already, so now she's starting to complain of, of, of headaches all of a sudden. And she really hadn't. This is August around Yeah, August. around okay. August. And she had not really complained of headaches before. And they said, well, you know, if you are prone to migraines, then having ones with high doses of hormones only exacerbates that. So she's on this, you know, terribly expensive birth control pill. But the, uh, about that same time is when all of a sudden now she's like sleeping and like to the point you can't wake her up and she doesn't want to get up. She doesn't want to move. Just almost aggressive. So she's gone from my like hyper bubbly, you know, very energetic child to all of a sudden just, I want to sleep. I want to stay in bed. Please don't talk to me. Please don't look at me. Um, so it was, um, headaches, menstrual cycle, and then excessive sleeping. Yeah. That was, there wasn't any other, um, symptoms or anything like that. No, nothing, nothing. I mean, there was nothing that we, we noticed Mm -hmm. and, then that's when she came to us after all the success of sleeping. Now all of a sudden I'm not sleeping at all at night. This horrible insomnia just hmm. up. And like I said, that's when we were just like parents. Okay. Do you need to take your phone away again? They're on that. Oh, she loves all those different. I don't think she's a Twitter person, but you know, they, they watch all of those different, you know, quick videos and yeah. They, you know, like I said, they Snapchat each other constantly. I guess they could just say snap. I don't say they, they don't yeah, Snapchat. I, don't know. I, I, think, I, think I think TikTok is big now too. So yeah. I mean, so I, I was, I, the kids think it's funny, but I, I mean, of course I know it's called TikTok, but I'm like, are you ticking and talking again? <laughs> like, what, what is that about? <laughs> and every once in a while they show me videos and I'm like, you really just want to watch somebody feeding their cat? Like that doesn't seem like entertainment to yeah. me, but okay. So, so was she's, complaining of insomnia and no, she's not on her phone and no, yes, she's following the rules. So, um, I called the, <laughs> I called the pediatrician and just said, Hey, you know, what's your recommendation for this? And so that's when she said, you know, Hey, try the CBD, try the melatonin, see if that, see if that helps. So like I said, that was about, that was around August, 
So start of the school year. And I thought, you know, here's the other thing that I, that I think Jake and I were thinking is that she'd gone for middle school, right? And middle school kind of stopped almost in the middle of the year as you're getting your feet under yourself in middle school, because who's going to want to ever redo eighth grade? No one, right? And so now we're looking at, oh, well, this is freshman year. This is real different. And again, we kind of talked up some of it too. We're transitioning now from from middle school to high school and uh, you know, there's stuff that comes with that new social issues. Uh, you know, kids are being merged from two different middle schools, just a mix of people. Right. So you, right. nothing and she was, stood out. Did she go to actual school? Yeah. In the fall. So, mm-hmm. so, okay. We, we had, we were in person right from the get go. So okay. right out of the gate, the kids were full time in school. And, uh, so I just thought, well, maybe it's, you know, it's a lot harder to, it's a big building. Maybe it's just a navigation issue. Maybe it's, you know, again, nothing seems to us as being not a normal kind of teenage behavior. Freshman is is a difficult time period. Being a freshman in a a new high school is tough. And so there's a lot going on inside of a a girl or boy at that time. Oh, no doubt about it. So there's, I mean, how do you attribute anything to anything? I mean, it's like, it's very difficult. So keep going. Right. So, I mean, like I remember with Natalie, like one day you, you have a psychotic person on your hands and the next day you're like, oh, you're the most sweet, endearing person I know. I mean, so it's like, I can't wait. I have a, I have a one-year-old daughter. I got, I got 13 more years to get to that stage. Oh boy. So. I mean, like seriously, sometimes, and you know, here's the funny thing, like right before the pandemic hit, I'll back up a little bit, you know, they're trying to get the kids to schedule for freshman year, you know, so they're in eighth grade. And so mom, I don't, I don't want to take gym. I, I don't want to swim. I don't want to do this. And I said, okay, I said, uh, I think, you know, if, if you take a choir, then that will count as a PE credit. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Four nights go by. I swear to you, we're fighting like cats and dogs. What do I know? I'm stupid. And Jake's like, uh, your mom's taught high school for how many years, you know? And so finally I said, Jill, just schedule the choir and don't take PE. So this is hilarious. Now let's fast forward to like last week. So last week, a bunch of her girlfriends came in after choir, into choir after swimming and their hair is wet. And one of them looked at Jill and said, well, Jill, it's awful that you're going to have to, as a sophomore, take gym next year with all these freshmen. And she goes, I don't have to take gym. And they said, what do you mean? And she's like, choir counts as a PE credit. And they're like, no, no way. No. And she said, yeah, my mom That's told me that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we, we, I laughed because I was like, I kept telling her, I'm like, Jill, I would not steer you wrong. Like, why, why would I, why would I do that? So... <laughs> Good extra tidbit of information right. for anyone listening out there. Yeah, choir I mean, counts as PE credit. It does. So. It does. Now it has to be like a secondary <laughs> choir. But I knew, like, uh. again, hearing her sing, there was no <clears throat> way that she was not going to make, mm-hmm. you know, a higher choir. So, and, and 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 really seriously, it didn't. There wasn't there wasn't anything adding up to anything that we're at this point just going, huh. So it's, she's in her freshman year. It's August. There are some strange things happening. She's sleeping and she's having, now she's having some insomnia issues, getting headaches. So what's the next phase where, where it got a little bit more, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, in September, actually it was a Saturday, September 26th, um, Jill is also part of the stage crew. Again, she loves anything to do with theater and stage and so on and so forth. So they weren't doing 
performances inside the school because of COVID. They had decided to do it outdoors. And it was a play on some kind of Macbeth something. I can't, I can't even remember the name of it. But anyways, so it's a pretty fall day. And Jill, in her intimate wisdom, saw the scenery starting to fall because of wind and decided she was going to try to catch it from breaking and, you know, them having to redo it. Although it was being held up by these steel bars, right? Well, one struck her and knocked her out. Totally just knocked her out. So so we went to the to the ER that day to get seen. And so they did a CT scan. They said everything looked normal. But the nurse kept coming back to us and saying, dear Lord, she cannot how often does she pass out like this? And I said, she has been this way her whole life. Like she, this kid can just go down. And, um, I said, you know, it's just, it's something that happens. Well, so again, nothing really, didn't really stick out to us as being a huge, big deal, but. So so just to be clear that the nurse was saying that, um, she slept very easily. No, like she just would pass out. Pass so out. she had like these episodes of syncope. Yeah, just okay. all of a sudden you're upright and then. <clears throat> and you're saying that she had she had done that her whole life. Yeah, yeah, but not not very often. But I guess I guess while she was back in CT and having something else done, she actually lost consciousness four times. And, and so she did that before when she was younger. Um, occasionally, but not with any kind of. Hmm. Um, I mean, she actually passed out once in a trash can in kindergarten, and that that. Was a that was a in a trash can? Yeah, like she was. I think she thought she was gonna throw <laughs> I up. I might have she, a few questions on that yeah. one, but <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Scare the death out of her kindergarten teacher, but yeah. um, anyways. <laughs> so the, the nurse was like, you know, four episodes of syncope is excessive. She said, yeah. I I have kids that pass out, but she said, uh, she really passes out. So. So anyway, so if you, you know, talking about the, the autoencephalitis, there's just, there's, let me say a couple things now. So one of the very first indicators is insomnia. That's one of the very, very first ones. The second one is a dramatic change in blood pressure. So that would have to do with these episodes of syncope, right? So I wasn't, I wasn't thinking anything other than if you start talking medically to Jill, she leaves the room. She doesn't want to hear about it. What's syncope? A syncope is just passing out, losing consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and some people have like, you know, like a real strange disorder. Like even if you were to, you know, bump your fingernail, some people can pass out from the pain. That's kind of almost like a, not psychosis, but it's a, it's psychologically happening. Is it the same as fainting? Yeah, it's fainting. Fainting. Yeah, yeah, fainting. So she, you know, faints a lot. Okay. So, um, from that point on, Jillian never did seem right. And I kept thinking, I, I wonder if that scenery didn't just really hurt her because now she's just more aggressive all within this week, right? So like I said, this is like 26th of September. So we're going, you know, we're well into fall. And, you know, Jake and I are like sitting here going like, what's going on with her? She uh, was sleeping all the time. She was verbally more aggressive with us. Um she was withdrawing all the time. I mean, just in, in ways that she just didn't even want to see us. Um, so, and honestly, it was easier sometimes just to let her sleep and leave her alone, knowing that we were avoiding a fight than to just make her get up. So, um, when 
when this really got worse, you know, I, again, I called the pediatrician, the pediatrician's a good friend of me. She's awesome. And, you know, she said, well, maybe she's depressed. She's starting some depression again, normal, normal freshman girl age thing, but she sounds depressed. So she didn't want to prescribe, um, any kind of medication, but she consulted with the nurse practitioner in the group and they gave her Paxil. So like, okay, let's just throw Paxil at it and see if that helps her, you know, like cheer up or get better or anything. And, um, I I said, I, you know, I'm not sure that that's appropriate, but again, I'm listening to my pediatrician and, and thinking, all right, well, maybe she is depressed. So by the end of October, she's, like barely getting out of bed to even go to school. And on the 26th of October, I will not forget this day. I mean, it's weird. I I wrote them and and here's how I kept the timeline. This is the weirdest thing, John. I was writing every day to her team at school because I was so worried, starting to think like, what is happening? And, you know, asking like, is there fighting going on? Is she having an issue I'm not seeing here? I, I, I told the the team several times like it takes a village like I don't want to be that parent who's in the dark because they don't know their kid and I'm like so you know she spends a majority of the day at school right and I'm like I, I want to know what's going on there and I want you guys to feel comfortable enough to tell Jake and I like hey maybe she's just starting to be a terrible student and we need to be looking at academics you know like I have no idea at this point I'm I'm giving everything consideration so she's in biology 26th and she kind of starts jerking and the teacher looked at her and he's like, are you all right, Jill? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And then finally he's like, you must go to the nurse's office. He said, this is just not okay. So the nurse nurse's office called us and they said, we think she's having a seizure. I said, a seizure who's having a seizure. Like Jill's never had a seizure in her life. And they said, no, no, she, you need to come get her like right now. And she needs to get over to the pediatrician. So when Jake and I see her, you know, again, I've been in education for a long time. I've seen grand mal seizures. I've seen absent seizures. I've seen all kinds of seizures. I've never seen anything like this. So by the time we get to the pediatrician's office, she took one look at her and said, oh my God, I do think she's having a seizure. You need to go to the ER. So now we're back, you know, here we are at the ER again. Um, Except this time when the scenery hit her, we went the closest, which was um, Hendricks County. This time we said, no, we're going to Peyton Manning's. Like this is, this is a big deal. So we go to Peyton Manning's and literally they start treating her like she's having a seizure. So, but John, I'm going to tell you the craziest thing they threw at it was Benadryl. And all the Benadryl did was knock her out. So of course this, the jerking of the arm, it was kind of like the right side of her face was touching her right shoulder. Like, very rapidly, like, uh, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it very, very quickly. So they gave her Benadryl, which knocked her out. Right. And we're standing there looking at this, like, okay, so is she having a seizure or is she not? And they're like, no, we think that she's, this is like a cry for help. Like she's, this is a psychological issue. And I'm like, how do you go from, you think she's having a seizure to now all of a sudden in 10 minutes, we're calling it, you know, a psychological issue. And they said, well, Benadryl is sort of a, a pseudo, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
it's kind of like not real. So if, if she was truly having a seizure, she would need seizure medications to make it stop. So if the Benadryl does make it stop, it's like, oh, it's definitely psychological because you're basically making her... her. Placebo? Yeah, placebo. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of a placebo. So I said, all right, well... So w- with the combination of the fact that she's, you know, on now on these um, antidepressants and she's doing this, they said, well, you know, she just, she needs, just needs to see a psychiatrist. And I said, what in the world? And I said, well, does that mean we need to like go to the stress center, which is across the street from St. Vincent's here in Indianapolis. And it's a great place. And uh, of course she's sleeping through all this. And they were like, well, she has, she doesn't have any ideations of, of suicide. And I said, no. And of course, oh, here's the other, here's the other lovely thing. When you go in with a 14 year old, they think that they're on drugs, definitely using, um, they're probably either that or using alcohol. They do every screen for every venere, you know, uh, disease, all this stuff. They do urine and everything and everything came back normal. I'm like, we already know that as much as we talk about those things in our house, you know, yes, it's normal. So I said, again, do I need to go to the stress center? And they said, well, no, she doesn't have any thoughts of killing herself. So, so no. And I said, so what do we do now? Like, you're telling me now she's having this psychological episode. She's depressed. And yet you have no other, no information for us. No, nowhere to turn. No, nothing. So that you're supposed to go home. With a 14-year-old daughter who is basically having seizures without any any sort of diagnosis or nope. any opinion. Nope. That's from the ER of Peyton Manning, um, which is downtown uh, Indy, or where is that? Actually, just south of here. It's almost Carmel. Well, there okay. is one in Carmel, but, but it's, in it's on the west side okay. of Indianapolis. It's a large yeah. hospital. A large, they see a lot large of hospital, a lot of turnover. yes. Yeah. Okay, so... <clears throat> that's that's got to be frustrating and um, kind of feeling hopeless. Not hopeless, but uh, helpless, I guess is the word, because you, you don't know where to turn. So what did you do? So we we, we took her home, and, and, and Jake and I sat down and, and kept saying, are we really doing the right thing? Or, are, you know, we were just kind of flabbergasted, to be honest. And as the days went by, it got worse. And... So by worse, I mean that one day she, um, was she having seizures regularly? So the jerking, the jerking Jerking. gets worse. The jerking Mm. is worse. Sometimes it's like the arm just kind of flails out to the side. Mm. Uh, a lot of times it looked like shrugging the shoulders. Um, a lot of times the, again, it seemed more almost like, um, like there was, there was something on one side of the brain because she was always. It was usually always on the right side that things were. Was like she the right upset arm. about that? Oh, was she really upset about that? That oh that God. she was going through that stuff. And then when it happened, did she get? She get mad about it? Oh, yeah. terribly so, and yeah. embarrassed. She didn't uh, yeah, want to go okay. to school because people are looking at her. Yeah. Um. Even some of her people that she went to middle school with that weren't necessarily friends, their parents were calling me, mm-hmm. like. Uh, so, so she was going to school during this time. So yeah. She's going to school and she's doing, she's having these problems at, at school. At and, school. And how long did that go on? 
Oh my gosh, at least a couple months. Wow. And so teachers were like, hey, we're going to let her sit at the back of the classroom so she has easy access to the hallway if she wants to leave, if it's getting too embarrassing. Um, and wow. they, were, they were trying to accommodate us. And they, I just kept saying, you guys, we don't, we have no idea what's going on. And, and, and they, at that time, here, here's what else the pandemic has done. Our mental health system is so overloaded oh, yeah. that in, you know, this is October, right? They were like, well, the, like the earliest she can be seen is February. February. I'm like, so, and again, and if there's no thoughts of suicide, then everything else is, it's just really okay. You just kind of, you just, you know, depression is just depression. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and I'm like, it's pretty wild. Yeah. You know, we don't, <clears throat> yeah. Mental health is, is so, um, not, uh, prioritized in this country. No. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know what health is prioritized really. Cause it's, <laughs> There's anyway, but don't want to get off track. Um, okay, so it's gone on for a couple months. Um, she's she's having it's probably getting really difficult at school for her, and, oh. and at home in general. Just it's just difficult. So, what was the next? Um, I guess event or was there what was there another? What so what did you do next? Well, so school was so bad and so taxing that she was you know, almost having panic attacks, like can't handle it. I've got to leave class. And, um, to the point that we went back to the pediatrician, um, and said, here's what's happening. How, you know, what, what can we do to lessen the load? Is uh, she still taking Paxil? Yeah. She's just on the Paxil at this point, nothing else. And the pediatrician said, well, we can, you know, maybe ask to have her day shortened so that she only goes to class, you know, so long. She said, uh, I could write her out of a class so she could get an extra study hall and, you know, we'll make up a credit later. And um, so that's when I really, the email chains to the teachers got even heavier and heavier. Like, hey, um, here's what we're considering doing. We don't, you know, we don't really know what to do. And I'm so glad that I did that because um, my whole thing is, and I feel like parents in general um, are so, because being a high school teacher, parents are so embarrassed to say what's going on that that they don't know how to respond to things with their children. And I'm the opposite way. I feel like I'm I'm very full disclosure. Um, if if my kid is in your care for any reason, then you should know if if they have a seizure disorder. Let's just uh, let's go with something easier. They get stung by a bee and they have an epipen you need to know that they have an EpiPen on them. You just know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was, I was sort of starting to feeling like I'm okay with them knowing everything going on in our home because we have a safe home. Um, you know, two parents are, are, you know, I always signed our emails with both of our names, you know, because we're in it together. And I'm so glad that I made it a change. So I just started mm -hmm. as I was emailing, I, I would hit reply okay. all. And so it would just leave this kind of, uh, you know, a trail basically. Okay. So that I think is what that started. I, I, when I started realizing that and the things I was saying in these emails, as I was reflecting yesterday, I think is what really got to me because I was like, wow, I, I just, we put ourselves out there. I mean, every, it was full disclosure because at this point we seriously don't know what's going on with our kid. She's yep. gone from bubbly and normal to, all of a sudden withdrawn, jerking, and, and not making it through class. Mm. So um, 
we went all the way through till January then uh, when when it really we had the next thing, which was to go to, to therapy. So she she did go well, to therapy. She, that was what her first appointment for psychotherapy. Yeah. So, you know, did the intake and, uh, you know, he's like, I'm going to diagnose her as, you know, clinically depressed with uh, hints of anxiety or whatever it is, you know, like a secondary anxiety disorder. So, and he said, yep, I, th- I think therapy is a good thing. You can do once a week, twice a week, once a month, okay. you know, whatever works for you. So, so we started going religiously and uh, she really seemed to be enjoying that and, and, and liking him. Cause at first she was like, I'm not sure. She was sat there with her arms crossed and she's yeah. like, I freaking can't believe it. I'm sitting here and I'm doing this, you know, and I'm getting the evil eye and yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do with you at this point. <laughs> so, and the, so now, now we're almost a year in the pandemic. I'm, I'm staring at January and on the 25th of, of January of 2021, she had such a bad tick that she fell in the lunch line and smacked her head on the cafeteria floor, oh knocked boy. herself out again. Of course, they call 911. We meet the assistant principal. She followed the ambulance. We go to Peyton Manning's. We meet them there. And, um, you know, they, again, they started to go through the whole head pro- protocol. They give her a CT scan. It's negative. Um, this resident came in. I will never forget it. I, I said something to Jill he um he pulled out a stethoscope and he went to look at something oh he must have been listening to her chest on the front side and i said jill you might want to tell him that your heart's on the other side and you know he was giggling i mean he looked like he was 12 right so but he took an amazing history i said look here we are again this is everything that's happened and i felt like he listened to me and they just monitor her um, you know, they do a couple neurological exams. Can you push? Can you pull? Can you follow, touch my finger, touch your nose, touch this finger, touch, you know, she's, she passed all this. And so they said, well, you know, she doesn't have a concussion from it. And, uh, now the attendings in the room, this isn't attending that I had met on her prior occasions to the ER. Right. And, um, he was like, well, when, when are you going to go see that psych, that, that psychiatrist? And we we're like, oh, a couple weeks, you know? And, um, he's like, well, you know, she's obviously getting worse psychologically. I, I, I just lost it. I am furious with him at this point. And I said, I stood my ground and I said, I, I, she needs to have an MRI done. This kid has had her head hit one too many times. I, I think a CT is not thorough enough. And I said, you're going to do one of two things today. I said, either send her for an MRI or get me an, an, a neurologist. I said, this is not, I do not agree with your assessment. You're basically telling us that she's psychological. And I said, I just, th- I don't, I don't see what you're seeing. And I, I don't agree with you. And I'm, this is not, again, you know, doing the podcast with my dad, you know, I come from a family of doctors and nurses and enough people that I usually never argue with a medical professional. I just don't think it's appropriate, you know? So, but I convinced him to at least call neurology and uh, of course pandemic, they don't least people, the better. So this neurologist called down, which was not a person that we had seen before. And she said, you know what? We'll just throw some blood work at it. Didn't ask for what, didn't ask why they take three vials of blood and we go on our way. And 
that that so that was I, I want to make sure I have my date. So that was the 25th of January. So on the 28th is when we go to actually see the neurologist in her office. Now they've finally given us the pass that yes, you should go see her. And she sat there for at least an hour, took the history, is watching Jill tick. She's, you know, blurting out bitch and all, you know everything that you can think of she's doing. And she looked at me and said, you know, I still think this is psychological and uh, we hope you the best, but I will go ahead and ask for that MRI to be done just in case. Oh, and by the way, this blood work's not back from Monday. And I said, okay, no problem, you know. So on uh, Tuesday, the, the 3rd of February, um, she sees the psychiatrist for the first time and they think, okay, the Paxil's not the right drug for her. We'll do this and other anti-anxiety and you can have a fast acting. It's more or less like a Xanax um, that, you know, if you're really in crisis and you're panicking that bad, pop it and, you know, everything is rainbows. So, and nothing really changed. Here's the thing. Nothing is changing. Nothing. In fact, you can almost just see her just going into herself. Like I, I can't even, she can hear you. But she's not with us. I mean, and and we're just kind of at this point just dragging her along. And she's she's not happy. Um, not necessarily kicking and screaming, but just not, you know, almost despondent, really. So when um when we really kind of got down to it in March, Jake is the one that went with her to follow up with the neurologist. And uh, she said, oh, brain looks perfectly normal, shows no signs of, you know, swelling, nothing. Um, She said even the times that she's hit her head, there's no evidence of a a previous concussion of any sort. And she's like, I just don't see anything that looks irregular. And she said, and looked at Jake again and said, but you know that blood work that I had drawn? It still hasn't come back yet. She says, but that one's going to come back negative. It never, ever it never comes off. It comes back because, well, and when I was there, I guess she said the only other thing it could be is this one autoimmune disease that uh, presents itself like Tourette. So they're, they're kind of going on this psychological and she's like, but that one never comes back like that. Just does, does not come back. So, um, so that's the 22nd of March. So it's been, it's been uh, almost two months the blood work to come back two months wow two months that's crazy it is and so then the week of the the spring break is there and i'm actually i have my kids in tow um at my sister's house we're all getting ready to have a fun evening like a big sleepover and when the phone rang and it was ascension literally i thought it was my pediatrician calling to say my son's prescription had been called in they're always good about you know like 4 4 30 the last thing they do is call the patients and say hey we we called your script and you can go pick it up and it was dr james on the phone and i'm like hey dr james it's really odd you're calling me at almost five o'clock on a random tuesday and she said i am so sorry sarah i i have something i need to discuss and it's very very serious And I am just standing there like at my car, the kids are, you know, all running around. And uh, I I thought, what, what in the world could she possibly say to me? And she goes, Jillian is very, very ill. And she said that blood work finally did come back and she has autoimmune encephalitis. 
she is anti-NMDA positive. And I said, what? Wait a minute. I don't even, I have no idea what you just said to me. Like, I can't, I can't even process John because I'm pulling a case of beer out of the car and the kids' backpacks. And, you know, the mindset changes all of a sudden to it, it, the world just caved in, you know? And so I said, you know, are you sure? And she said, this test is one that I told you and your husband both twice that it would come back negative. And she said, she's not just positive. She's a very strong positive. So in other words, this isn't a false negative kind of, or a false positive sort of test. And she said, um, so everything I'm doing from this point is going to be stat, which in doctor's terms is right now. Right. So, um, I literally, I just stood there and I, I didn't even, again, she's throwing words at me that I've, I'm autoimmune encephalitis. I'm like, what, what the hell is that? Like, uh, she dying, you know, like I, I, no, 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 but this is something that I need her to be seen for immediately. So that was a Tuesday by Friday. We're back at the, um, at Peyton Manning for a, uh, a spinal tap and they drew more blood work. And, um, you know, as of today, we still, we don't, we don't have that, that, um, cerebral fluid back yet. So the, the one thing I can understand is that the protein, this, this particular receptor in the brain is a protein that, uh, controls your thoughts, your mood and your movement. So when you think about that, you know, thinking could be, uh, you know, perseverating on something, your mood certainly could make it look like you're depressed and now we have this involuntary movement. So it all kind of so, now. So for me, <clears throat> I'm not that, I don't know that much about encephalitis. Um, is autoimmune encephalitis different than encephalitis? Yes. So here's the crazy okay. thing. I, I I said, well, how did she get it? That was my, like, yeah. I had read online um, a lot of people who had had uh, like a syphilis or um a mild case of like measles, mumps, rubella, chicken pox. That's all a whole different way of, of contracting an encephalitis. It's basically like your body harbors a little bit of that illness and it goes to the brain. And encephalitis is swelling. Swelling of the brain. It, it, could it be caused by head trauma? Well, so that was my next question. And she said, absolutely not. She said, this is something she was born with. So hmm. it's almost like a rheumatoid arthritis. Think of it in that same. So, and if neurology can't treat it, we will have to go to a rheumatologist next. That'll be she the next step. She was born step. with it, but it didn't. It didn't start rearing itself until just now. Because why? They don't know. They don't know. Um, a, a rare two hundred thousand cases are. Yeah, two hundred thousand cases are diagnosed a year. Um, it's only been really recognized since two thousand seven. Um, they used to think people were just crazy, mm -hmm. <laughs> like literally. Mm -hmm. um, but so the brain is swelling and again, uh, causing the involuntary movements, causing uh, the facial tics, all of it is being um, controlled by this. And so she's like, well, obviously like the antidepressants are inappropriate. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you think? it's not really doing anything yeah. other than causing mood probably new mood disorders. Yeah. So in a lot of times what I've, what I've done, you know, the recent reading, because it's not, it's not been very long is that, um, they, um, usually the it's prominent with psychiatric symptoms, seizures, confusion, memory loss, all of those kinds of things. But, um, for whatever reason in females, this is about the age 
that mm. they see it. There's more females than males. Um, and I wonder so, if you have do anything with the menstrual cycle because you said the menstrual cycle. That's when it was irregular. Yeah. And maybe that's when it starts to take an effect. Yes. And so, and good news, bad news is that females, especially her age with this have uh, what they call teratomas, ovarian teratomas, which are non-cancerous cysts that form on the ovaries. And a lot of times if those cysts are removed, the receptor kind of heals itself. It's very strange. So I almost was hoping when we went in for the ultrasound last week, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought, okay, with the cycles and ever, all these other things she's had going on, I think she has a lot of teratomas. And so, and Jill thought so too, because she's like, mom, if I talk to my friends and they don't have cycles like I do. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, so we get in there and she has no teratomas. So nothing that we can remove that might actually just kind of start, you know, alleviating these symptoms. So again, I guess good news, good news, bad news, but the ovaries are also healthy. And so why at this age, they still don't know. So right now you're waiting for the results of a spinal tap. Yep. And has a doctor told you some uh, outcomes or what what's what's the prognosis are there lists of option i mean what are the possibilities i suppose well um so it's i don't even, I don't even know it's it it goes from not so bad with just a really high doses of steroids it goes to um they will do uh good some kind of like a transfusion of good uh, antibodies that would take care of this. Um, some, some are hospitalized for different things. Um, and then when those first two kind of lines of defense don't work, there's another option, but that's definitely going to have to be like a hospitalization for, mm. and, and some people are in the hospital for a very long time. Um, a lot of times with this, and I was just reading this last night, um, that they do do a brain op- biopsy because that, that gives them even more information. So I don't know if that's on the horizon. She hasn't really, you know, given us a whole lot of, um, you know, a whole lot of information. I think she just didn't necessarily want to scare us because, you know, they don't know what, right. what. So the spinal tap is looking at what specific protein to target to see if they can make it better. So the best case is that they would be able to, use one of those first two lines of defense to mitigate the symptoms. Yes. Well, yeah. Is there a way to eradicate it? Well, some people go into complete remission. It's almost, it almost sounds like a cancer, right? So, so, you know, you're in remission with cancer, your, your body is free of it. Um, and then a lot of times there's about a 15% chance that she could flare up again and start, start this whole cycle, the whole process all over again. Mm. Um, and if that starts happening, um, and those, like, again, those one or two lines of defense don't work, then there's those that third the option. Third, so, yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I mean, I think we're at the point where we understand where, you know, where we're at, right? Um, and we're just waiting for that result. It's April 23rd, 2021. And, um, well, if anything, I guess it's um, it's probably been a little bit, um good to know what's going on um it's relieving i mean honestly i i think 
And I and I, when I wrote my thing to you, I honestly think that at some point we were being looked at like Jake and I had like Munchausen by proxy. Like we're just enjoying being in here. Right. And we're trying to say she's sick when she's not really yeah. sick. And what do we know? And, and that was frustrating because we're both educated people. Um, I, it, 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 that would, that was really what made me mad. Like I, I, I felt like they were just thinking like, Oh, this must be exciting for us. No, I don't want to be here. I don't want to have a sick child. You know, this isn't. Yeah. This is right. not something like, I wish on anybody, you know what I mean? And, and we felt like, and, and when people ask us, you know, like the thing that's been really hard is that some friends are like, are you not yelling at the doctors every day? Are you, are you, are you not doing enough to demand this and that? And it's like, that's not how our medical system works. If they say it takes five months to get into a, a, a psychologist, I can't stand on my head and make it come any faster. You can't. It, it does not happen overnight. And, and, and yes, that's sad. Yes, it's frustrating. But you have to understand that there's a process and that, you know, even with those lab, first lab results taking two months, well, they went to Cincinnati. Who knows where the cerebral fluid is in the United States right now? I don't know. I mean, it's... It's, it's wild. It's wild. And calling yeah. and screaming at a doctor is, does not make Typically things happen any happier. No. no. <laughs> I mean, like, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. No, it does yeah. not. So... Well, um, well, this, this is, this is, I mean, it's good information to pass on. I think, um, for, for anybody out there who's listening, um, if you've come across this for, for a reason, maybe you're going through something similar. Um, I don't know how it, it does seem like this autoimmune encephalitis is fairly rare, but there are maybe other diseases out there or other, other things that are, that are haven't been diagnosed and you going through um, a similar uh, experience at hospitals, you know, these long wait times, these uh, doctors that don't believe you, these uh, dismissive doctors and nurses that um, it's just, I mean, that, that is a difficult thing for, especially when you're a parent of a 14 year old too. It's um, it's not even you, it's your child. That's really tough. It is tough. That's really tough. And and, and, and like, you want to do everything you can to help your kid. Exactly. And you just and, and you and then you have to wait two more months or three more months. It's really unfortunate that our that's how our healthcare system works. And it is, but, but John, here's here's what I really like. I feel blessed to live in an area where we have large hospitals. Sure. With with professionals who are able to treat, think about people yeah. who live in areas where that those that's not even available you, you may to never get them. That you you that yeah, if you lived in other places that didn't have these resources, you might not ever get that diagnosis ever, right. ever, and you'd be dealing with this unknown your whole life, which is true. Um, but still, it's uh, it's I think it's just a challenging situation all around. Right. Like it is. It, it's, you know, you can't put all the blame on the doctors. You can't put all the blame on the hospitals. Everybody's doing their best. I, I would assume, I would hope. And um, it's just challenging. I mean, nobody really knew. This is a very unusual, very rare situation. It but, is. But I think um, the, the lesson to be learned is just continue to go for it and fight and, and come back and don't take no for an answer. If you really believe that it's, that something is wrong and it's not being attended to just keep at it, you know? And I mean, we are, we are lucky to be in America where, where we have, we, we have the, the, the best, 
knowledge of healthcare in the world. I mean, really, we do. There's no other country that has the availability of, of under, understanding these types of things, right? Like, but it still may take time. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm speaking from the common man uh, perspective because <laughs> I'm not I'm not going through it like you are. But um, what else would you like to say about it? At this point, I think we want to have, before I ask you that, I I, I do say, I think we want to have um, updates, periodic updates on this. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, so she goes back uh, next week, the 27th. Uh, she'll go back with just Jake, which is hard for me, but uh, I'm contractually obligated to go out of town for work. So um, I will definitely have uh, probably next Friday. We'll, uh, you know, be able to. I'll be texting the family and letting them know beforehand. But, uh, you know, we could be in the hospital this time next week. We don't know. So, but yes, I definitely want to keep everybody, you know, updated on this. It's, it's a very personal journey, but I feel like it's, it's important because I feel like there's probably more kids out there and there's these situations that are happening that are being overlooked. And I'm hoping that if there's just one person that maybe, hears this and, and puts two and two together for their own kid and doesn't have to look at everything over a, a year of retrospect that, that that's, that's my wish. You know, this is, it's, it's so tough to watch your child go inside themselves and you wonder what the heck you happened. You know, I mean, it's just, it's awful. People say thoughts and prayers, um, whatever you want to call it. It's positive vibes. It's good energy. It's thinking about putting your heart towards this this positive energy from your heart towards towards the situation. Exactly. That's all you can do. Exactly. That's all you can do. There's there's just no other. So that's it. We'll, we'll all do that for Jillian, and Thank uh, you. we'll talk. We'll do an update next time. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you.